0: Alright, so, um, this is my first time kind of attempting anything like, you know, like a podcast type thing or anything like that. I've done live shows on stuff like You Now, I've done shit on Twitch, that sort of thing. I've gone live on YouTube before, but I've never, ever tried to record a podcast. Now, the thing is, I don't have an exact thing thing I want to focus on. You know what I mean? Um, it's just kind of a way for me to talk about shit that's going on in my life, which some people may not be interested in hearing, but basically I'm going to use this podcast as a type of diary type thing. So yeah. Hi there. My name is Carly Chapman. I'm 24. I am a security guard. I am a dog mom. I am a hobbyist photographer and I am an amateur writer. I enjoy writing and coming up with characters and stories and stuff, but I have never tried to publish a book ever in my life. So, there's that. Um, yesterday, I had recorded this like video talking about shit that's been going out going on at work. Excuse me, uh, and there's just so 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 much that I could talk about whether it's something at work or something to do with my family because my family's kind of fucked up or anything like that it'll probably be discussed on this podcast uh so today we're just gonna start with what I tried to record a video about (laughs) yesterday uh so i am a security guard as previously mentioned and um the thing is the company that i work for i will not state names because i can actually get in trouble for talking shit about stuff like this uh but the company i work for is notorious for being absolute shit at communication um like one higher-up will tell us one thing, another higher-up will tell us a different thing, Uh, the people we're contracted with will tell us something entirely different, and it's a whole entire mess of complete and utter bullshit, to (laughs) put it plainly. Um, And so, here's where this starts. So, this was before we were, like, uh, you know, oh, you don't need to take paperwork anymore, you know, this stuff like that, and I had asked for paperwork from two, keep that in mind, two, two truck drivers, and they were like, oh, I don't have any paperwork, blah, 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 and what I was told was if they do not have paperwork for whatever fucking reason to call Line Hall and make sure that these people are okay to leave. So what do I do? I call Line Hall. The first time they're a little annoyed and they're like, really you're you know complaining about this of all things, even though we were told to contact them. And I was like, okay, whatever. They're not in a good mood today. It's no big deal. A second truck comes, once again, same issue, different person, different truck driver, different company. And I call Line Hall again. And the people that are working there start getting all pissed off at me, or whoever answered the phone started getting all pissed off at me and started being like, uh, what's your manager's name? And I'll contact your manager and all this bullshit, right? And stuff like, um, let's see, it's hard to remember because it was like two, three months ago or something. Uh, Stuff like, uh, I'm not gonna put up with this nonsense just because these drivers don't have some sort of paperwork. Not everyone is gonna have paperwork and all this stuff. And I did like tentatively say, you could call my manager, you know, and ask about it. And then they go, I ain't calling anyone. And it's like, dude, you were the one who suggested calling my boss in the first place. You were the one who was asking who my boss was and that you asking about calling them and shit. Like, (laughs) excuse me, bitch what? Bitch what? Um, and then, more recently, give me a second, I needed a drink of water. Anyway, more recently, uh, the arm bar got broken again, because the person that comes in after me doesn't do their fucking job. So they just kind of wave people on through, and if the bar is down, and they're waving someone on through, that person will drive through the arm bar, because truck drivers are impatient as fuck you know (laughs) um and so I had asked a couple of times like hey like can you get maintenance to come out of here and fix this like this is kind of a big deal and you know the truck drivers always ask about oh your arm bar is broken again how'd your arm bar break and all this shit And so I have to constantly explain to them, what happens? And I was talking to one driver about it, and they were like, you know, they're thinking about installing card readers, you know, to let trucks out. And I'm just like, huh? Excuse me? Because it's like these card readers, I'm assuming, are like they scan some sort of like their ID or something like that. And all of the information for the trucks they're taking out all get sent to line Hall And so there's no point of us being here because we, the security guards, do, you know, check hooks and trailers and that sort of thing. And what's the point if they're just going to use a card to scan out and leave? Like, okay, cool. Uh, That's totally not dangerous for the possibility of my job (laughs) like sarcasm obviously and then the most recent thing that happened literally just 24 hours ago like literally april 15th or 14th yesterday april 14th as i am recording this the person i took over from yesterday morning Uh, had two incident reports written down. One was just a list of trucks that had no evidence whatsoever of being able to take these trailers out. No phone call dispatch, no text dispatch, no physical paperwork. Or if they did, they absolutely refused to let him see it. And so he just kind of wrote that down, and I guess one of the drivers got pissed off at him because one of the drivers called Linehall, and Linehall called him, the security guard, at like one in the morning and was like, you don't need to chalk the tires anymore, and you only need the last three numbers, and we don't have paperwork anymore, and shit like that. And it's like, okay, well, what the fuck are we doing here then? You know what I mean? Like, if they're going to install card readers and half of the truck drivers check their hooks and shit themselves, and we don't need the wheel chalk, and they just want us to look at the last three numbers on a trailer, what the fuck are we doing here? You know? And I had asked my boss yesterday, because he came and picked up the incident report, written by the officer I took over from. And I asked, like, hey, you know, just kind of wondering, in reference to this incident report, I had heard from a driver about these card readers they were thinking of implementing. If they're going to do that, why keep us? And he said, to observe and report. Like, bitch, observe and report what? Observe and report what? What do we... (laughs) Like if they're just scanning a fucking card to leave and like we don't we're not allowed to check any of their shit because they do it themselves, why are we here? What are what are we reporting? What are we observing? Absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, there's a chance that there's a wrecks could cap could happen. I had a minor wreck happen to me outside the gate the other day, actually a semi t-boned a black pickup truck as far as i know no one was hurt but the truck the pickup truck was fucked up like one of the sides was dented in and it looked pretty fucking bad but it didn't seem like anyone was hurt but the thing with that is it any sort of wreck or accident or whatever needs to happen on our property or else we don't really have a right to do anything about it or write an incident report about it or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this happened just outside my gate, this minor accident. Yes, that would include being on our property, but if it happened out in the street or at one of the other warehouses in the area or on like 210 highway or i 95 or whatever the fuck I would have no jurisdiction over that I would have no say in it I would have no reason to report it if it's not in the area I'm supposed to be in uh, there's a different wreck that happened on a different day well there were two wrecks that happened in one day like a week before the wreck that happened outside my gate and one was kind of off on the street to my right. And I didn't even hear or see that wreck happen until I stepped outside to check a truck. And then I looked over and I saw two fire trucks, two police trucks, or police cars, I should say, not police trucks. Um, And you know, an ambulance after one of the fire trucks moved out of the way and I was like, oh. Oh, I see what happened over there, okay. Yeah, that's not good, that's not good, but I had no right to make an incident report about it because it wasn't on the property of, you know, the place I work. And then about two minutes later, I'm checking a truck and the driver's dispatcher had said there was another wreck that happened down by the, con- by the casino that's kind of not far from here where I work and once again it's like well I can't do anything about that I can be told about it but I can't write an incident report about it and tell my boss or anything like that because it's not on our property you get what I mean so like with this whole card reader thing and shit like that it's like why are we here why are you keeping us there's no reason to keep us And it's not that I don't like my job. I do like my job. But at the same time, you got to really think like, why would they? They wouldn't. That's the point. They wouldn't keep us. They would probably cut off our contract. And if I didn't get moved to another location close to where I live with this company, then I have no job. I would get essentially like laid off or fired or something. And I know I shouldn't be complaining about getting laid off or fired or anything like that in this time of need, in this pandemic where there are thousands of people who don't have jobs because of the virus. I get that, I should be lucky that I even have a job and I am, I'm grateful that I have one. But the fact of the matter is if they do get this card reader shit, I won't have a job. And so I thought about it and I was like, well, this is only my second job, technically. I have worked with this particular company for two and a half years, I think. Uh, and before that, I was in retail. Do not work in retail, by the way, it sucks ass. Anyway. <laughs> and I thought about it and all the times I tried to apply to jobs, I had one hell of a time trying to get a fucking job. Like the only reason I got any of the jobs I have had, you know, is because a friend was like, yeah, she's a good worker. Like any place that I applied to before, you know, I uh, like got the two jobs I have had over the last couple years is like, I would apply and I would immediately get rejected, or I would apply, get an interview, and then two days later I'd get a letter saying, we appreciate your interest, but there are people better than you for this position. Maybe try again some other time. And it was just this endless cycle of shit like that. And I was like, okay, this is really fucking annoying. I need a fucking job. And so I contacted my friend who was working at the retail store. At the time and I was like hey if I apply to this place will you use like will you be a reference for me will you be like like will you talk me up will you you know would you be okay with them contacting you in particular about me and the possibility of me working here and this friend of mine was like yeah sure and I got the job, because he, this friend, did in fact say, yeah, she's a good worker. Well, I worked for this place for a while, uh, got treated like shit towards the end, because I got a new supervisor, grocery supervisor, and this bitch was a control freak, and it was like her way or the highway, and it's like, oh, hell no. No, 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 no. I'm doing what I was told, you can fucking deal with it. Like, and I was getting called out for things that other co-workers weren't, the same exact things that other co-workers were doing that I got called out for and they didn't. And, let's see, where was I? Getting called out for things and she started reducing my hours to like the bare minimum and Like, okay, so I worked in the grocery department in this particular store, all right? And close to the end, before I ended up quitting, this supervisor started reducing my hours so much, like having me come in at 4 p.m., 5 5 p.m., 5.30 p.m., 6 p.m., and expecting me, like not having anyone come in in the morning whatsoever, not at all, and having me come in by myself at like 4 to 6 in the evening and fully expecting me to get all that shit done by 8.30 at night, which was literally fucking impossible. And so I was like, okay, this bitch is trying my patience. I'm not about to deal with this abuse. I'm quitting. And I did. Now my friend and his girlfriend at the time, who is now his fiance, they had quit long before me. And I was like, I'll just stick it out a little longer. And then I had like an emotional and mental breakdown one night because of my supervisor. And so that was the last straw. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not dealing with this abuse and hatred bullshit anymore. And so, like I said, I quit. And I was like, okay, I need another job stat, like stat. And my friend was working for the company I currently work for at the time. And once again, you you see where this is going. I asked him to be a reference and he was like, sure. And I got the job. They also quit not long after, like maybe six, seven months after or a year after I joined and so now it's like okay well this friend of mine he works at a tire place and I don't particularly want to work there because the smell of gas bothers me and you know in a tire place is like the smell of rubber and gas it's a car place it's like a place where you get your car fixed or oil changed or you get new tires or whatever And I was like, okay, well I don't really wanna do that. His fiance, I think she still works in retail and I definitely don't wanna go back to that. So what do I do if I do lose this job? I can't afford college. College is horrendously expensive in the United States. Like it's absolutely fucking ridiculous how expensive it is. Like this community college that's not far from me in-state tuition, not counting books and shit, is $5,550. Bitch, I don't make that much money. I don't know who does make that kind of money. And I'm not about to go in debt for the rest of my life in case I get a degree that I never end up fucking using. So it's like, okay, okay. well, I like writing. I like photography. There's something I could do with the skill set I currently have. But the problem is, it would require working from home. And the problem with working from home is, um, places like Anchor, for example, where this podcast is being posted, and you know websites like Vocal and Medium, and just writing in it, like creating an entire blog website thing, all of that, you can make money from it, yes. However, You need to, like, build up your audience. You need to know how to market yourself. You need to know how to put yourself out there. You need to know how to promote yourself, which I don't know shit about at all. I was never taught anything about business or marketing or anything like that when I was in school. But there's also this part of me that's like, but for the longest fucking time, I have wanted to be my own boss and set my own hours and be able to kind of do what I like, which is photography or writing or something along those lines. I even tried the YouTube thing for a little while. Um, and you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And if you're not willing to put in that effort, which I was not at the time, but right now I am, but at the time I was not. And so it just kind of all like fizzled out. Like I pursued this stuff for Like YouTube, for example, I pursued YouTube shit for the longest fucking time and when I hyper focus on something like that I get burnt out easily and so the desire fizzled out and the non-existent results of doing it caused it to fizzle out and that's not (laughs) okay. And when I say that's not okay, I mean my attitude was not okay. Because I was not willing to put in the work and, you know, make myself do shit even when I didn't want to. You get my meaning? You get what I mean? You get what I... (laughs) I'm sure you do. And it's something that requires patience, which I don't have much of, which I should probably go to a therapist about and, like, talk to and get some professional help about. But I can't fucking afford a therapist, so... (laughs) Um... But the thing is, while I would love, absolutely love, to be an author or a writer or something, let me take a drink of water real quick. (sighs) While I would love to be able to be an author or a writer or write a blog or something like that, it's just, how do I word this? The people, that do become famous authors like C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, George R.R. Martin, William Shakespeare, the creator of the Percy Jackson series, all of that, they got lucky. Most people that try and pursue writing or like freelance writing or freelance photography or whatever, they don't get nearly as lucky as you know the people who you know their names and you know their series and you know it's kind of sad because a lot of times someone who is trying to be an author who isn't as lucky as C.S. Lewis for example they'll keep writing and keep writing and hoping hoping and praying that one of their books will be become so popular that they'll be able to live off of writing but the fact of the matter is it's not very likely now the same goes with vocal now vocal is a website where like you can make they call them stories but they're fucking blog posts (laughs) like it's not it's kind of like if you if you've heard of medium it's kind of like medium but more like divided into certain categories, if you know what I mean. So like there's categories on Vocal for sex or horror or technology or whatever. On Medium you can just kind of post whatever the fuck you want and it's not separated into categories. And with both Vocal and Medium you can make money if you build up the audience for it. All of these ads I've seen for Vocal is like, you can make $500 a week. Which is a lot more than i make now i make maybe 360 dollars per week as a security guard um but yeah it's like you can make 500 dollars a week but what they don't tell you is that is their top you know red like the top articles and their top people that write shit that can make that much per week a typical person just starting out probably won't make A dollar a week and yes there's you know social media where you can promote yourself but the thing with social media is once again you need to build up the audience and a lot of people might not give a shit about whatever the fuck you're writing (laughs) and another thing with medium versus vocal is vocal you can't write a fictional story that's not It's articles of, like, five things you should know about, blah, 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 blah. Medium, it's kind of a mix of both. With Medium, it's, like, you'll find articles of, like, five best tips for taking care of your house plants or whatever the fuck. But you'll also find, if you look hard enough, fictional stories. Now, there's also Wattpad, which... Obviously, (laughs) many people know that Wattpad doesn't exactly have the best reputation because of the ex-reader stories that have been put on there over the last, like, 10 years, if not longer, and they're really fucking cringy and it's, like, really toxic relationship-type shit, kind of like Twilight, actually. Um, But they have upped their game they have stepped up uh that you could still find that stuff on there pretty fucking easily but they also have this like author of the week thing and there's this uh wattpad plus thing or whatever the fuck it is where you could get paid for your stories based on views and how many people read it which is nice and it's a way for authors to get their work out there If maybe they don't want to just directly publish it to Kindle Direct Publishing on Amazon or they don't want to you know send it to if they don't have the money or time to get an agent and have that agent send their shit to like their stories to a publishing company because you do have to have money to hire an agent like that that is a thing you do need to hire meaning pay An agent and that agent will book you with book tours and you know publishing houses and things like that and that's the traditional way of you know getting your stuff out there but with the way the Internet is now more websites and apps and stuff are popping up where you can get your stories out there pretty easily without having to go through you know, an agent trying to get all of that nonsense together, which is quite nice. Um, speaking of writing stories, however, this is a good segue. Actually, I have been writing stories. Like I said earlier on in this podcast, I do very much enjoy writing stories. I do enjoy creating characters. I'm just <laughs> not great at it, <laughs> cause. I used to be really, really, really into writing. Like, in middle school and high school, my emo days, there was so much, like, dark emo shit that I would write. And I was reading so much to, like, ignore people around me and all this stuff. And, you know, obviously, when you're, like, super into reading and writing and stuff, your craft improves, your skill level improves, but once you stop reading and stop writing, like I did after high school, I kind of just stopped reading and was more concerned with the internet and YouTube and online friends and gaming and stuff. Uh, But if you continue with reading and writing and stuff, your skill does get better. It just takes a lot of time, like any sort of skill. Singing takes time. Dancing takes time. Writing takes time. Woodworking takes time. It all takes time. And all can be profitable in some way. Now, I am, like I said, I am no expert in marketing. I am no expert in business. I don't know shit about that stuff. I technically don't have a right to talk about it, or at least I don't feel like I have a right to talk about it because... I'm not an entrepreneur or a businesswoman or anything like that, but it's the truth. Coding, freelance coders could get like 60 bucks an hour. There is a streamer I occasionally watch, and he used to be a freelance coder, and he even mentioned that he got like 60 bucks an hour at one point, which is kind of fucking wild. Like, if you're really good at your skill, at your craft, you can make bank. However, To get to that point, you need to take the time and have the patience to work your ass off nonstop at it, even if you don't want to, which I've learned the hard way multiple times, and yet I still make the same fucking mistakes and focus so hardcore and then back off for, like, I'll say, oh, I need a break, and I'll take a day off for a break, and then I'll put it off and put it off, and put it off until I completely forget what I was doing. And, you know, there are people like me, a lot of people actually, who they want to be able to work so long at this and get instant results, which is just not possible. And, um, you know, it's like, How do I want to word this? This is hard to word. Um, It's human nature to want to work only so long at something and get instant results. Humans are notorious for wanting to take shortcuts and be quick at doing things. And when it comes to skill building and stuff like that, and that doesn't happen, like their work doesn't pay off, they get discouraged and then they go back to working monotonous jobs that they absolutely hate. And I don't want to be the person that stays in a job her entire life that I, she fucking hates. And I think there's a lot of people like that. There's not saying that if you enjoy what you're doing, you don't work a day in your life. And I would say, yeah, there are genuinely some people who enjoy security Or retail or whatever and so they don't feel like they're working they just feel like they're where they belong whereas there's others who do these jobs like security or whatever just to get the money and be off because a job if you do get it is relatively easy money pretty immediate money like You work a week, you get paid for that week. There are some places who even pay you for you doing your orientation. And so there's like that instant profit uh, mindset. And then they realize, oh, I fucking hate this job. I wanna try something different. I wanna be my own boss or I wanna be the boss of this company. And instead, and they try working on it for a set amount of time, like, a month, maybe. And they don't see the results that they want, and then they stop. And it's kind of a vicious cycle, if you will. Uh, So, excuse me. I needed water. So, yeah, it's kind of, like... And I know I should probably talk to a professional about this mindset that I have because I mean we're trained all our lives since school like you do this thing you get instant credit or instant reward or whatever and they don't really teach us how to build skills and have the patience to build skills. It's just do this get this money do this get this object or whatever and You know, we're trained to work in monotonous jobs all the time, and when we want a change of pace, we don't know how to go about it because we weren't taught how to. If you get what I mean, you get what I mean. I'm repeating myself. I'm sorry, I do that a lot. But because of how we're taught, and it gets drilled in our mind that we have to work a job that we hate just because it makes the most money or gets us the quickest money. And I don't think it should be like that. I think you should train people and children for doing both, you know? So that way they can choose whether they want a regular office job or like a security job or whatever or they can choose to hone their skills more and focus more on stuff like freelancing and you know stuff that's skill-based like that like it should not be taught that we should work in a job we hate our entire lives just because it makes the quickest money it's... it's not A good or healthy mindset to teach people. Anyway, let's go on to some lighter topics instead of depressing shit about work. (laughs) So, excuse me, I need a drink of water. Um, I'm at work while recording this so if you hear me sigh in frustration it's because there's trucks coming. So I've enjoyed reading and writing for Quite a long time, I would say, Uh, and that's all because while I was growing up, my mother would read to me. You know, she had been reading books to me since probably I was six months old or something like that, uh, or one year old or something, something along those lines. And so, because of that, I grew up enjoying reading and, you know, listening to fantasy books. and watching fantasy movies and things like that. And as I got in school, I started, like, reading more. And a lot of times I was a higher reading level than the kids in my class because of, you know, my mom reading to me. And, you know, school it was easier to be able to read and write and stuff because there's just not as much to do like there's homework and going to school but outside of that you know there were quiet times in class where if you finished your worksheet or whatever before the rest of the class and you weren't allowed to go up and take it to the teacher you would just have downtime and phones weren't allowed so you would read and I enjoyed it for a very very long time however as I got older it kind of got put on the back burner reading and writing both because one I was more into like YouTube and gaming like previously stated but also I was just busier I was trying to find a job and when I got a job I was always working and when I wasn't working I was sleeping or on the computer and so I never really read as much as I probably should have so my reading level has potentially dropped I won't lie um, I haven't taken a reading test since goodness middle school maybe over 10 years ago at least and um, So while I still enjoy things like Harry Potter and Pride and Prejudice, because those were the books I read the most, I've never really delved into any other books or series. I tried reading the first Lord of the Rings book during summer school one year and it was hard for me to read because it was just so dense in description and there were words I didn't understand that I probably would have understood maybe a year before or something like that. And so uh, where am I going with this? (laughs) Um, I got my thought back. So that's about when I realized, oh I'm not as good at reading as I used to be. Uh, (laughs) This is not good. And I just kind of gave up when i realized oh i'm not really that great at this anymore and then years later i find critical role i found critical role 2019 or something i don't know for sure but it had started about my junior senior year of high school and critical role is A live-streamed Dungeons & Dragons show run by Matthew Mercer and the players are his friends and fellow voice actors and there's names that you might recognize like Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham and Ashley Johnson that are part of the cast and there are others that you might not recognize the name of but you would recognize the voice of like Sam Regal and Liam O'Brien, and Taliesin Jaffe, and their stories are, oh, and Marisha Ray. I knew I was forgetting someone. I love Marisha. I don't know why I forgot about her name for a second. Um, and their series, their game, it started off as a home game, and the whole reason it started off as a home game, like, the only reason it happened in the first place, is because Liam wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons for his birthday, which, I feel you, dude. Uh, (laughs) So then, starting on Liam's birthday, they started doing this huge home game, where they only because they're voice actors and they have like different things and would go to different cons at different times of the year and stuff they would maybe meet once a a month or once every two months and play like a 12-hour game well somehow geek and sundry found out about their home game and were like hey Would you want to livestream this? Would you be interested in showing your game to the public eye? And at first they were probably hesitant about it, and then they were like, you know what, yeah, why the fuck not? And that's when Critical Role started. They originally started with Pathfinder instead of Dungeons & Dragons, but they converted their game from Pathfinder to Dungeons & Dragons 5e, I do believe, and... Matt and some of the people involved homebrewed some classes and monsters and things such as that and it just kind of became this huge phenomena pretty quickly into you know the very beginning of their live stream game like cuz Critical Role brought Dungeons and Dragons more into the public eye and people started being like, oh, it's not just for nerds and geeks and the awkward people in school, it can be for everyone. And even at the very beginning they were selling out shirts that had maybe a hundred in stock and they would sell out like that. And they were, like, so astonished by it. Like, even in the first episode, there was stuff like that. Or, like, the audience would order them food or whatever. And it was, I don't know how I hadn't heard of it before 2018, 2019. Well, 2018, 2019 comes around, that general time period. And I hear about it from someone, and I'm like, huh, that sounds cool. And I saw the episode links, and I was like, oh, (laughs) that's a lot. And at first, I was, like, really iffy about it because of how long the episodes were. Like, the episodes are, on average, about two to five hours, two to four hours, somewhere in there. Sometimes it goes longer, like, if there's a huge boss fight or something, a game, a session, a live stream could last five hours or six hours. It's absolutely insane. And because of how they told the story, like, Matt had created this uh, amazing world, and the characters seemed to fit seamlessly into it, and they were telling such an interesting story, because I started with Campaign 2, and I was just like, whoa, this is awesome, and it made me want to write more, because of how descriptive Matt was, and how good they played their characters, you know, the players, and of course, you know, not a, a real Dungeons and Dragons game is probably, like a typical one, is probably not going to be like that, uh, because Matt and the Critical Role crew often focus on, like, plot and roleplay and description and all this stuff, and to be honest, that's not usually what games are like. Uh, it is very rare that you will find someone like Matt or anyone close to that level to run a game for you. Because there's, there's so much I could go into about this nonsense, oh my god. What you're more likely to find is min-maxers who choose the best race for the class they want to play and little to no role play and not really a story, but more of like a hack and slash. And then there's the murder hobos who don't really care what their stats are, they just want to kill shit. Neither of those are my cup of tea. And then, of course, there's also the DM versus player mindset that I've heard about, where the DM purposely tries to kill their players which I don't like. And then there's also the player versus DM mindset where the players purposely try to fuck up the DM story. Don't like that either. So yeah, maybe I was spoiled with Critical Role, but it's also raised the bar for me personally and hopefully many other people to be like, hey, people love this. Maybe we should do more games that are more story Wise. obviously critical role still has combat there's plenty of combat in critical role but it's not constant dungeon after dungeon after dungeon after dungeon no staying anywhere just buying shit at a shop in Adverton or whatever the fuck and so maybe more people would be like oh this is what a lot of people like This is a good idea. Maybe we should try and lean more towards this versus just constant fighting. Unfortunately, uh, the most, and I have been told this before, and I don't want to accept it because I'm a stubborn bitch. Um, I have been told uh, that you should settle for a mediocre DM who doesn't have much of a story and just leans more into combat because Matthew Mercer is a fantastic DM and there's no one that can even get close to his ideas and you're not likely to find someone who is interested in a story-driven campaign. If you want roleplay and story you should play a different tabletop game. And it's like, fuck no! Absolutely fucking not! I have seen what Dungeons & Dragons can be, and that's what I want. And I would DM a game myself, but I wouldn't know the first thing about being a DM. I'd rather be a player. A lot of people start out as a player, and then eventually, like, decide, hey, I want to be a DM. And the hard thing with a DM is, like, your players are probably not going to follow the exact story you want them to. They Will definitely fuck it up, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And so you gotta be prepared to improvise, and you gotta plan for a lot of things, and your story won't, you know, end up how you imagined. If you want something like that, write your own story. And I was like, fucking perfect! That's a great idea! I'll start writing again, and maybe that'll help me out. Maybe I'll start being more creative again, which I haven't been in a very, very long time. And so, I've been writing these random stories here and there, never finish them, but I start them. (laughs) But because of me getting, like, so focused on shit, and then taking a break, and then pushing it off longer, well, (laughs) nothing ever gets done. And You know, I was so proud of this story I was writing. But I was so proud of this story. I had ten ten chapters, over 20,000 words, if not more than that. And then I decided to get a DS emulator because I wanted to play a game that I didn't know where any of my shit was. I didn't know where my DS was. I didn't know where the cartridge was. And instead of putting this emulator in a separate folder, like the website told me to do, I thought, oh, it should be fine. I'll just put it on my desktop. My desktop is where my story was. And when said emulator did not work as intended, I went to delete it. And everything on my desktop got deleted. Everything, or at least half of the shit on my desktop, got deleted, including that story I wrote. And I tried to do a, re- I tried to restore it, you know, by going back to the last time my computer backed up, was backed up or whatever. It wasn't enough. It wasn't far enough back, and so I lost this ten chapter story I had been so proud of. And my desire to want to write fizzled out again. And then I got back into Critical Role again, and I was like, you know what? I need to try again, because I shouldn't have given up when that story got deleted, and don't get me wrong, I tried to rewrite the story, didn't remember a damn thing I wrote down, and didn't remember the details, and didn't know where to go. So, (laughs) I ended up not doing it. And I kind of, like, made random characters here and there, and I tried multiple times to, like, try and come up with something, try and come up with my own world, try and come up with super, like, four-dimensional characters and shit like that, which I'm not great at. um, Because my basis in any sort of story whether it be critical role or role play or whatever my role play <coughs> especially was kind of like oh two-dimensional or one-dimensional female character that's in love with this male character and has a tragic past and is really fucking depressed and all this shit and that's not good writing. You can make a sad backstory, a depressing backstory, good, but you need to do it right. And I was never taught how to do it right. So all of these characters that I had over the years for role plays were just these tragic, sad, man-hating bitches that didn't believe in love and shit like that. And- I- I look back at that stuff. I look back at the stories I wrote. I look back at the characters I made up and played. And the way they acted. And I was like, God damn, bitch, who hurt you? (laughs) Who hurt you? What is going on with you? Like, don't get me wrong. I was a very sad and depressed bitch back then. I was bullied a lot for my weight and everything. You know, especially in middle school. But I don't know where the man-hating, anti-love bitch came from. Like, I was 12, 13. I had never been in a relationship before. I don't know where this shit came from. I did like, I don't know where- (laughs) like, it's the weirdest shit. It's like, did I- what is was going on with me other than me being depressed because I was bullied? Like what what is happening? <laughs> what what was going on? And, you know I did think back then this chick who doesn't believe in love, especially not love at first sight bullshit type of Trope where she meets the man of her dreams and does fall in love with him was top-tier shit back then. Uh, That ain't true in this day and age. Um, But back then, I thought that was a fantastic idea. I thought that was the best storytelling there was. And I had never read the Twilight books. I still haven't. And so I don't know where I got that idea that, oh, this is a great story idea from. And a lot of times this main character I made was, like, abused or some bullshit too. Like, what the fuck? But yeah, that whole, like, romanticizing abuse bullshit and stuff like that. Like, she's abused by, insert relative here, because her parents died when she was two and a half months old or some bullshit. So she was raised by her abusive grandparents or her abusive aunt and uncle, and ran away at 15 and has been living on her own for five years or some bullshit like that. And I don't know why, especially at that, like I think I know why I was like, oh, this is a great story. Because at that time, a lot of stuff like that was romanticized and not really talked about. And any fan fictions you would read online at that time would have the similar, if not the exact same, you know, trope of losing parents, abusive relatives, man saves main character from abusive home, or main character runs away, finds man of his or her dreams and runs off together in the sunset. Like, it was really common around then. And it's like, what was going on in like 2011, 2010, you know, that time period? Like, why was this so popularized and romanticized? Probably because of Twilight, to be completely honest. I have not seen the Twilight movies in full by myself. However, I have seen people react to it, and it's like, holy fucking shit, this is terrible. This movie is awful. Why is this? Why do people like this? You know? And then, of course, in more recent times, in, like, 2014 or thirteen or whatever the fuck, Fifty Shades of Grey came out. And. Water. And once again, it started that trend of romanticizing abuse and an unhealthy BDSM relationship type thing and then it stopped again. and then the movies came out and it rise again and then it dwindled off again. and I guarantee there is some there's gonna be something in the next five years that's gonna romanticize abuse and shit like that again and the it'll uh, cause an uptick in people writing stories about romanticizing abuse again and that's not something you should romanticize it's something that should be talked about yes but you shouldn't romanticize abuse you should educate people on the signs of what abuse is and how to avoid it and you know protect yourself. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you should be able to protect yourself from potentially getting into an abusive relationship with some jackass. But (laughs) uh, I got off track. (laughs) I was talking about writing. But, you know, that's slowed down now. And the more common writings and stories are fantasy-type things. People are wanting to copy Game of Thrones, which I guess kind of does romanticize abuse if you really think about it. But we're not going to think too hard about it. (laughs) Um, And so everybody wants to write the next A Song of Ice and Fire or the next Game of Thrones or whatever. And so fantasy has had, like, another upkick like uptick in you know relevancy and that's what I personally like writing and reading is fantasy novels. Yes I'll read the classics like Pride and Prejudice or whatever but that's not my favorite type. It's good but it's not my favorite and so what I wanted to do was write my own story and I am working on that and I've been going hard in on this and forcing myself to do shit, like making playlists for these characters and, um, this story of mine takes place in the Dungeons and Dragons world so I can't exactly, uh, monetize it or anything because I could get sued by Wizards of the Coast, which I don't have the money to deal with. <laughs> um, so... I kinda just started a blog and I started posting, like I posted an introduction, a description of one character, and a description of one character in one day, and then another day I posted another description of a character, and like this work in progress Spotify playlist that I've been working on. Um, I probably should have completed the Spotify playlist before making these character posts on my blog, but you know, uh, I'm a dumb bitch. Um, so I'm still working on these, like, playlists, and because- I thought because it takes place in the Dungeons & Dragons world, maybe, just maybe, because I have, like, five sets of dice, and I ordered another one that should be here in a few days from the Critical Role Shop, the Vexalia dice, but anyway, (laughs) um, but I'm sure you've heard of or read stories where someone from the real world gets transported into a fantasy world and, you know, doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And so I was like, I kind of want to do that, but that's kind of like, a lot of people have probably done that. So I was like, well, what can I do to make it slightly more interesting, at least on my end? Well, so... (laughs) Because of my dice obsession, I was like, well, this is going to take place in the Dungeons and Dragons world. I'm just going to make up the characters and the cities and shit. Uh, And I was like, here's an idea. Anything that I might consider, like, a perception check, or a persuasion check, or a deception check, or whatever, like, animal handling check... I'll roll my five sets of dice, (laughs) like, I'll roll a d20, like, okay, so, I'll be writing this, and I'll write, like, this character tries to, this character says this, you know, as a lie, like, this character doesn't feel comfortable saying the real name in this strange place, so she makes up a name and to a guard and it's like okay well I will roll a deception check for that I failed uh my rule was not great and so she almost got arrested <laughs> so the whole thing with the idea with the rolling of the dice to to tell the story kind of like Dungeons and Dragons but more of like you controlling the characters instead of other people controlling the characters it could be pretty fucking interesting like to the point of this character this main character could die at any second any second whatsoever if i roll shittily and so this main character if she dies dies before the bard that I made gets some form of like revivify or some sort of like spell that brings a person back to life. Her story ends and thus me writing the story ends because The whole point of the story is to focus on this particular character and her adventures and how she reacts to the environment with the side characters and how they kind of react to her and the environment as well. Uh, I have three characters, you know, like Harry Potter, main character, two side characters that are the friends. One of them is a love interest. Uh, (laughs) um, But, you know, maybe they would try and continue on, but the whole point of the story at least at first is her wanting to get back home and you know you can't exactly bring a dead body from the dungeons and dragons world to the real world not really and so like imagine okay imagine like there's some portal between our world and a world like the dungeons and dragons world Imagine a tiefling coming out of, like, your fucking closet or coming out of (coughs) an abandoned building and trying to deliver your child's body to you. You're gonna assume this devil-looking thing killed your child immediately. And so it's just- And you'll get a lot more stares than you would in, like- Uh, Setting such as the Dungeons and Dragons world. Like, tieflings are treated shittily in the fantasy world. Imagine the real world. They would be killed on sight, especially in an area that's densely populated by Christians like the United States, for example. And you know this devil looking thing shows up you do think it's the actual devil like you would think it's the actual devil who killed your child (laughs) (laughs) and is bringing your child's body to you to torture you like (laughs) tieflings aren't received well normally in the world they're from the real world they'd be fucked like they would definitely be discriminated the most in the real world because they look like the common depiction of the devil in the Christian Bible and so you can't exactly take your character's bones or body or whatever to their parent if it's in a situation where one of their companions is a tiefling (laughs) like it's not it's not a good idea so yeah this character could die at any minute because i rolled shitty and i would have to type it out i can't just change my mind and be like oh uh, um this doesn't happen You know, I have to follow what I rolled on the dice, because that's what makes it interesting. But, anyway, I think I'm going to end this little... I guess this is the first episode. Yeah, I think I'm going to end this podcast, this first episode of this podcast here. Um, I don't know how often I will post. It'll probably be... Like, I don't really have a set schedule for something, anything like this, because I'm not used to something like this. (laughs) Um, So, and usually, it's probably just going to be me ranting about something, so it would probably only last, like, three minutes. This has lasted an hour, but I've also talked about, like, 50 different things. But you enjoy your day or night or afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. And we'll see how this goes. Bye.